So today I would like to, before, before we continue this, this, this setting, I would like to uh, bring a quote uh, from Lama Yeshe, Lama Tupin Yeshe, into our first meditation. Uh, mainly because I want to call upon the pre presence of uh, Lama Thupten Yeshe. <clears throat> Probably not many here are aware that um, uh, this group, uh, these meetings, they are happening because of him. Uh, him and his heart disciple, uh, Lama Sopa Rinpoche, because they founded uh, in the 70s uh, the organization, uh, this center here in Copenhagen, as part of the FBMT. So I just want to uh, say his name, uh, bring this quote, which is very much connected with what uh, we explored the, the last evenings, and it is from his book, uh, Introduction into Tantra, The Transformation of Desire. And one of the first chapters is uh, called The Fundamental Purity of the Mind. The Fundamental Purity of the Mind. According to the Buddhist teachings, no matter how confused or deluded we may be at the moment. So let's connect with that. No matter how confused or deluded we may be at the moment. Maybe right now you don't feel so confused and deluded, but certainly today you had moments of reactivity or contraction. So no matter, no matter, so understand, no matter, yeah, no matter how deluded or confused you feel. I mean, no matter is pretty inclusive. So even in the darkest times. What are your darkest times? No matter how confused or deluded we may be at the moment, the underlying and essential nature of our being is clear and pure. The underlying and essential nature of our being is clear and pure. So I invite you into that confidence, no matter what your mind says, and maybe 
when you hear that, the essential nature of my being is clear and pure, that actually something resonates. Something which you maybe don't know that you know, but it's a place you know. It's not a place, but it's a place you know. So, you know, the power of the Tibetan tradition. Can you be hit by that? Yeah. Kind of through the through the whatever else you think about yourself and how no matter how you feel about yourself. So this is not a dogma or something we believe. Uh, it is um, like the essence of the, the mystic traditions, not only in the Tibetan tradition. So I think you can really put your cards onto that, your money. In the same way that clouds can temporarily obscure but cannot damage the light-giving power of the sun. Clouds can temporarily obscure but cannot damage the light-giving power of the sun. So too, the temporary afflictions of body and mind, or confusion, anxiety, and the suffering they cause, can temporarily obscure, but cannot destroy or even touch the fundamentally clear nature of, of our consciousness. So, You know, sometimes the clouds, they are so, they seem to be surreal. You know, so the, the, the level of our experience with which we identify, which we inhabit, which we make our address. So that's me, you know, that, that level, which is thoughts, stories. And we live there. We make that our home. We are identified with it. And that identification with that seems to separate us from the essential purity. And still, I mean, we are here, so something, something is calling us. Dwelling deep within our heart and within the hearts of all beings without exception. Within the hearts of all beings without exception. Again, very inclusive. 
it's every one of us here. But it's also your children, your partner, your enemies, and the pigs. Just people. Within the hearts of all beings, without exception, is an inexhaustible source of love and wisdom. It's an inexhaustible source of wisdom. So again, I invite you into that confidence that well, this is uh, a personal message to you. And maybe when you hear that, what you can become aware of is those movements in the conditioned mind which sabotage beliefs, which sabotage that confidence. What are those? What, what beliefs do you have about what should be improved so that so that you can be that that inexhaustible source just thoughts It's just thoughts, just stories. I don't understand what he's talking about, Lama, Lama Isha. Just thoughts, it's just thoughts. I'm trying to understand source, love, wisdom. What is love? What is wisdom? It's just thoughts. Go deeper. And the ultimate purpose of all spiritual practices, whether they are called Buddhist or not, is to uncover and make contact with this essential pure nature. And the ultimate purpose of all spiritual practices whether they are called Buddhist or not, is to uncover and make contact with this essential pure nature. It's a bit provisional uh, to talk about uh, making contact because because this inexhaustible source of love and wisdom is where you are looking from. 
you can't look at it because if you look there's nothing there because it, the inexhaustible source of wisdom of love is where you are looking from already where you are aware from so it's not like that it is possible from the confused identification with the clouds to look from there because the confused level of stories is not aware it is an object of awareness you can't find the inexhaustible source of love and wisdom because you are it it's for you are looking from you can't contact that which you are already you are what you're looking for so let's uh, bring the confidence, faith, you could say, trust into our meditation. Adjust your posture and you take your seat, sitting with the confidence, with the trust that everything is available right now in this moment to be complete. And that that is the case for everyone here. So we are sitting as Buddhas with Buddhas, as goddesses with goddesses. And whatever is moving in your inner life, the sensations in your body, your mood, feelings, thoughts, in a way, one could say, it's a temporary direction, is that is what you are not, not really. So you drop into the body, and you experience what is fully. can be an ally embracing and welcoming 
experience as it is. And then you rest in the midst of your experience. The mental image of your body the the sense that you are the body all these are just thoughts mental images are thoughts they don't need to disappear they don't need to go away they are just recognized for what they are the heart like the sky. And rest. Then you might notice how empty, how transparent the experiences are. If you don't label them. If you just let them be. And remember that you're surrounded by Buddhas. Buddhas, Buddhas just like you. 
no separation. Also separation is just a thought, a mental image. and settle into spaciousness. Nothing needs to change. Settle into the stillness. Settle into the light or into the spacious aliveness. the spacious aliveness, the stillness is not beyond your experience as it is. It's, it's right there. Peace is not beyond your feelings sensations, thoughts, sounds. It's right there, in it. Settle. Into the source. together. If you get a little scared or there's a shrinking, that's a good sign.
the heart like the sky. And thoughts, feelings, sensations, sounds. happening by itself. And they are meaningless in a glorious way. Trust the place you already know. Not, not conceptually, not, not knowing conceptually, intuitively. bathe in the field of the other Buddhas around you. We are not searching for something special. It's just this. 
and everything else which is not here exists only in thought. I is just a thought, past is a thought, future is a thought, meaning is a thought. Time is a thought. And everything I said are just thoughts. So most uh, practices in uh, the Tibetan tradition pretend uh, that we need to purify the clouds. So most of the practices we do, even I mean in all other traditions, are placebos for for people who for people like us who feel uh, oh there's something there I need to heal or I need to break through or I need to get rid of and that's beautiful uh, sacred but useless in the end 
But, and it is also helpful to have a good toolbox uh, of um, provisional practices. And it seems that one one movement, one really helpful gesture in all these practices is to really radically feel what you feel. And that's counter-instinctual. So that's why you hear in, in the meditation instructions so much accept, allow, let be, let go. Yeah. What does it mean to feel? Is uh, to feel it in the body. This is an amazing so if 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 we have to if we want have to do sometimes we have to do a practice because the content becomes so thick so real and fills up our whole being and we take it so serious because we identified with it so what we can explore in meditation is this counter-instinctual step of stepping right into our experience as it is. What we usually try to do is to step into thoughts and try to solve it there. Blame someone or find a solution or apply an antidote. Where do you feel the clouds, the confusion, being lost, the struggle? Where do you feel it in the body? And to go there, to dive into that, to breathe into it. And if there's resistance to do that, which is natural, it's natural that we don't want to feel the grief, we don't want to feel the fear, we don't want to feel how it is to be completely lost. If there's resistance, then where do you feel the resistance? Where's that in your body? So you step into the resistance like an explorer. And then something opens up. Maybe after days, maybe weeks, but something opens up. 
Or so many things probably we feel you know, something we need to do something with it. We need to maybe even to take some some medication or we need to do something. It's, it's really counterinstinctual to trust that the source of love and wisdom is right there in it. And again, I say it's good to have a toolbox of breathing exercise, yoga exercise, and so on and so on, and whatever feeding the demon rain model, and so and I guess um, guru yoga, you know, what whatever running, so getting a massage, you know, so whatever. So that's not, I'm not saying we should disregard all of that. Uh, these provisional methods, they, they can support us uh, to come to that place where this move of a, a radical love of what is can, uh, can emerge. Self-compassion, you know, self-compassion is also a provisional practice. It's like it's happening in the cloud. There's an I which either hates itself or can learn to like itself, yeah, but it's provisional. All of that is already infinitely loved by who you already are. We don't need self-compassion. There is no self. There is, there is no I. Which, of course, it's nicer to have a, a kind inner dialogue, and uh, it's worth to you know, put some attention to that. But uh, the the real the real love is uh, is. Uh, <coughs> It's not coming from from you, from you as the small you. It's coming from you as the big you. And that is already happening. Before the break, one, one more clue. So, Mamayusha says, when we have developed our own inner purity, this, you can't say it like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> so this is uh, very provisional. Yeah? You don't need to develop your own, your own inner purity. So maybe it's a a mistaken translation, uh, but um, it always also depends on to whom a teacher talks. 
So for some people, it's it's more helpful to hear, oh, I need to develop my inner purity. Yeah. For some people, that just makes sense. You know, people who are in the developmental model, the progressive model, that I have to train, that I have to get somewhere, that I have to become better. You know, if you sometimes say to a person like that, you don't, it's good enough, you're fine, then that's not the most compassionate thing to say sometimes. It can even trigger anger in people. It, it, it can trigger anger in people when you tell them everything is fine. So, I, I would say here, if you inhabit your own inner purity, if you inhabit your inner purity, if you, yeah, that's maybe a, a good way to say it. If you, if you, if you live from there, I mean, you're already living from there. So, if you inhabit your own inner purity, inner compassion and inner love, we can see the reflection of this purity and loving-kindness in others. Yeah. And that's so beautiful. You know, if, that, if you inhabit your own inner fundamental well-being, I mean fundamental undestructible, uncorruptible well-being, then you see that also in others. So you you uh, you, will, you, you never give up on someone. You actually don't really worry about anyone. We can see the reflection of this purity and loving kindness in others. And there might be a prayer emerging from that, something like, oh, may you awake to your inner purity. May you awake to your inner purity. And actually, it seems that If you look, if you see the goodness in another person, what can happen is that you kind of draw it out a little. Like, let's see, you look at a child with the view of 
this there's something wrong with that child. It, you know, it doesn't. You know, it's too too much, too loud, too 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 much. So I think that's it's it could be that you draw this quality out, whereas if you if you see this child as a Buddha, like they do in the Tibetan tradition. Um, it must be wonderful to to grow up in an environment like that, where where your, the parents see in their child a Buddha, and uh, and that could be one of the reasons why. I, I mean, I have been uh, around Tibetans. They actually don't really understand this self-hatred and self-content and stuff like this. They don't get it. When His Holiness the Dalai Lama heard that for the first time, like in the 70s, there was a conference with with uh, with Western teachers, and they were talking about you know, self-hatred and so on, and contempt for yourself and and. Uh, being unhappy with yourself, he he, he didn't get it. Uh, so you know the translator had a hard time. They they, do, they 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 don't even have a word for it. But then his first response to to that to that was he said, "That's crazy. We all have Buddha nature." And. Uh, If you are around uh, someone like Lama Yisha, he passed o- passed away in the eighties. But Lama Sopa, uh, his seeing you like that really draws it out. It's a, it's amazing to be loved like that. But if we not contacted these qualities within ourselves, we will see everyone as ugly and limited, yeah. screwed up. So now comes the. I don't know. The atomic bomb. (laughs) (laughs) For whatever we see every day in outer reality is actually nothing more than a projection of our own inner reality. For a moment, let's kind of put away all the books about an objective reality. Yeah? That, there is, that there is something here which has any meaning from its own side. It's like something objective, made from matter. So. If we let, if we recognize, wow, that's 
that's the thought. Yeah? So that's the thought. This is also, of course, just a thought. What I'm raising now, but you know, at least it's <laughs> at least it's a helpful thought. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever we see every day in outer reality is actually nothing more than a projection of our own inner reality. So this is really wow. This is you know, this is you know one way to kind of put the essence of Tantra into one sentence. The outer reality is a projection of our own inner reality. Heaven is now. Yeah. Jesus said. Here. <laughs> 